0: The restaurant is inspired by the hit TV show and features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay himself. Hope to see you all at Harris Resort SoCal in
1: 2024. My name is Mike Tran. I'm the creator of the Asian menswear brand on Instagram. Um, it started off as a way to kind of change the way Asian men are kind of per- perceived in media. As you guys know, for the longest time, Asian men have kind of always been portrayed as like Meek or the support cast or the nerdy type or the guy that never gets the girl. Uh, So I I created Asian menswear to kind of combat those stereotypes and kind of show Asian Americans as well as, you know, non Asian Americans that Asian guys are a lot different than that. You know, like I always felt like um, the Asian men that I see through television, through media, weren't the same Asian men that I knew in my own life or myself. So I thought the best way to kind of change those things is to show you real life examples of Asian men doing all these things that you wouldn't see them doing in um, mainstream media. Welcome to The Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen.
0: Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over the world. And thank you for the work that you do. It's uh, phenomenal. I really enjoy the content. What does it mean to be Vietnamese to you nowadays?
1: The funny thing, the funny thing about like Asian menswear, and I guess my journey into trying to make impact in the Asian American community is that as I've as I'm building Asian menswear, I'm also learning a lot, so much about myself and my my history and my family's history. So for me, it's, it's also like I'm growing along as I'm learning about all these things. And I guess what it means to me to be Vietnamese-American is to be a survivor, uh, someone who, you know, makes something out of nothing. Uh, I I didn't really understand all this until I was way older, maybe in my mid-20s, where I started to really ask questions of my parents of, like, where they were from. And, and when I started to learn those things, I started to connect those dots um, of how they, you know, they grew up in their journey to America. And I started to see a lot of, yeah, a lot of connections through that. So yeah, if I could say what it means to be Vietnamese American is to be a survivor, uh, a fighter, you know, someone who makes something out of nothing.
0: Very cool. It's a great answer. What uh, kinds of businesses did you get into? I think
1: you're an entrepreneur, right? What kind of businesses did you uh, (laughs) stop doing? Um, So I did a little bit. So I, I, I kind of, I took this from my dad. So my dad, but as long as i could remember he's always um, had his own business at home he actually uh, fixes watches so it's something that he he learned in vietnam and he's made it you know that's um, he's made a living for our family doing that and I, he's always been at home working so i've always had, kind of had like the entrepreneurial spirit and so you know right in high school i always wanted to, i always wanted to figure like i always wanted to become an entrepreneur i wanted to solve something i wanted to bring value to people so i started off as very young selling like iPhone cases uh, on eBay. I would, I would buy them for like pennies and then resell them uh, in America. And then I started just dabbling in different things. And um, at the time uh, in my early teens, I, I collected a lot of uh, sneakers, you know, collectible sneakers where, you know, as a lot of people may know, like Jordan's, the resell value uh, goes up when you buy them because, you know, they're a collector's item. Um, So I, you know, I started a a price guide, a sneaker price guide where I would uh, give you the market value so that if you're looking to sell or you're looking to buy, you get something that would be a fair price and not just someone putting a random number and then you deciding, oh, this is a good price or not. So I created basically a a price guide, a physical price guide book, not knowing how to make a book or anything. I, I did that myself. Uh, and you know, that became successful. And then from there I built a mobile app that did the same thing, but could give you updated market values in real time. Um, so I've always kind of dabbled into it. Uh, eventually I went back into corporate America into sales. And then this is, this is kind of where I kind of had that itch again. I wanted to do something more impactful and that's where Asian menswear was born. Uh, it was born out of, um, out of me, just, going on social media trying to find out you know what's something nice i could wear and i noticed all the guys that i was getting inspiration from when were guys that weren't asian and i went i was always wondered why that was it's usually like white guys you know black guys latin guys but i never i would never see any asian guys so i was like why, why why is that right i feel like we would connect better if someone like looked like us was also wearing something that was inspiring to us or like something that I think I would look good in that. This guy kind of has the same body as me, same base, and it will be easier for you to connect with. So I, I just I started Asian menswear kind of like as a, a fashion inspiration, and it sort of just grew from there. It kind of expanded and really opened my eyes into more problems and problems than just like style or fashion. And it's uh, Asian menswear kind of evolved from that.
0: Yeah, because when I uh, started tracking sort of your IG page, you know, uh, a few years ago, I thought about that I was like Asian menswear is a very specific niche and I'm sure that that came from somewhere there's an origin story from the creator that probably delved into the problem of not being represented in fine clothes Um, but that being said though I feel like and and I'm wondering that when you started it did you think that you were going to eventually cover broader topics
1: no it was just like a very small you're exactly right it was a very small problem and then i was i was posting and i was getting more involved with the asian american community because before then i, I didn't really have that connection i grew up uh mostly around like um like hispanics black america black whites but i didn't really have a large asian american community and social media was really where i started to get like get that exposure yeah. and and learn about these issues I never even knew about. So as I'm connecting with Asian creators and they're posting these things and then connecting with Asian, Asian-centric pages like Next Shark or Asians Never Die, then I'm like learning about all these things and, and it started to become like this community, also a learning, learning opportunity for me. Um, so you're right, uh, it, it's changed a lot. And actually, so the Asian menswear is very uh, specific. So now that it's changed so much, I'm actually moving away from Asian menswear and then I've uh, I've d- made the decision that it's more of like a lifestyle thing, right? Like where you can talk about culture, you can talk about Asian men being successful, you can talk about how to style for Asian men, you can talk about how to style your hair for Asian hair, right? Our hair is much different, but we never had a resource like that. So it's something closer to like how GQ used to be for men. Uh, we weren't really ever represented in GQ at all. So that's kind of the direction I want to take. So for now, I think it, it better it embodies what I want um, Asian men's or AM is going to be in the future. So it's, it's very, it's weird. It's like a personal growth, but along with the personal growth is like the brand also goes along with it. So it's pretty cool. So are you going to rebrand the name of it? Exactly. is yeah. for now, it's just going to stand for AM. Uh, I'm removing the, the menswear is going to slowly disappear because it's not just like suits. It's not just like high. It's, it's, and that's not something that I'm interested in as well. And I know if it's something that I want to continue doing, it's something I have to enjoy. So I think AM just makes more sense.
0: And, um, and will Asian AM still stand for Asian
1: menswear, or what? No, name? it's so for now. I haven't figured it all out, but I think Asian A is just going to be AM. But for those who know, it does stand for you know, it does represent for Asian men. So we just keep it that. Um, but I think we're moving away just from just menswear. Um, or like menswear specific and more so just a lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Because as I'm consuming the, the page, uh, the content of the page over the last few years, I thought the same thing too. I'm like, this guy's going to evolve. it's going to evolve one day. It's going to morph into something more dynamic, more broad than just menswear. Because the, the things that the content that you've posted and, uh, I am very excited for the change.
1: Yeah, I I hope so. That's the reason why I I took a step back because I felt like I was, I was, as I was posting, it didn't feel right because I knew this wasn't the long-term vision that I have uh, for AM now. So I had to take a pause, right? I had to take a pause and then make that move to go towards something, like you said, more dynamic, more broad, more general that I think would be more valuable um, and helpful to the Asian American community. So. You know, the crazy thing is when I look at you,
0: you're a very handsome young Vietnamese man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. First of all, I want to put that out there. You don't seem like the kind of guy that would have issues sort of in the wide world of the mainstream, you know, global mainstream. You, you seem like you would, you know, you're very even keeled. And you, do you think that you suffer? That's a heavy word. But do you think that you are afflicted? That's another heavy word.
1: <laughs> no, please throw, throw it at me. With I, any I of these, I know what you're getting at. So I actually, I hope this is what you're getting at. But I, go for it, I, go, go for it. You, are, are, you t- are you talking about like um, suffering and like putting myself out there more? Or is that what you're meaning?
0: The, well, yeah, getting to that. It's, you know, Please. are you afflicted or suffering from the way you look at yourself as it appears in the mainstream? Do you, do you, because I look at you and I'm like, oh, very confident. And I've seen, you know, obviously your content you, you, you appear very, uh, confident and, and assured. Now, does that come from some sort of, uh, source pain that you've experienced in your life growing up, or is it something that you, you embody and you're like, you want to help out other Asian men
1: succeed in that way? Okay. Got it. Um, that's so funny that you say like the, the confidence, because a lot of times it is not confidence at all, at least from what I know or I feel sometimes and that's also a reason why I don't put my face out there too often um I think it ties a lot I don't know what it is but I don't know what I've noticed in the Asian American community we're very private as people or just I don't want to say everyone but it seems to be a common thing where we don't like to talk about ourselves we like to kind of stay behind in the shadows uh, because a lot of times when we do try to talk about ourselves or put ourselves out there, it almost seems like we're boasting in a weird way, you know, but I'm slowly learning that talking about what you're doing and, and talking about yourself a little bit isn't boasting, but a lot of times it's, it's a way for you to inspire others. And if people don't know your story and people don't know what you're doing, then they they don't know. Um, and I'm slowly trying to move away from that. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I think, um, I don't know, I feel like sometimes my upbringing um, affected the, my, I, I guess my confidence perceived to the world, you know, like how I'm perceived to the world uh, was, was, you know, I don't know, it suffered from how I grew up, if that makes, it a, makes sense perfect of. sense.
0: And, and I think that it is rooted and tied into a Confucius upbringing, a Confucian culture where uh-huh. we are really taught to be humble and- absolutely cannot show how well we think of ourselves, not our authentic selves. So it, yeah. it clashes with this Western idea of put it out there. You know, uh, you are what you are and just be authentic. And we do have a problem with talking about our authentic true selves because it's cross bred into this idea of, you know, Confucian hum- humility. that that's a problem and we're trying to deprogram that as we're living in the u.s but if you go to asia i don't think they have that problem or i mean i I might be wrong but i feel like my asian counterparts in asia don't feel the need to to kind of break free from that confucian right humble
1: humble uh lifestyle because it works over there because it's Cause everyone's doing it. Right. And I think I, I absolutely, so I, I just started to like uncover this. Like, I've always wondered like, why do I, why am I always like acting this way? And I always feel like it's restricting my ability to like, I feel like a lot of times with, with um, AM now, Asian menswear, like. I haven't been able to grow it because of those same beliefs. Wow. And it's hurt, it's hurt, it's hurt the, the brand a lot. And even like myself, it's very frustrating because I can't get past it.
0: Okay, um, uh, on a mechanical level, let's talk about that. Let's break that down. Like okay. you say that it's holding you back. It's uh, yeah. holding you back from the development. Like in what way? Uh, is it like the decision to post certain content? Is it like a direction
1: that you feel you're limited because of this inner voice? Absolutely. So. Um, so the content, right. I, people have told me, dude, you just need to post your, yourself. You need to be more out there so people can learn about your story. They can be more invested in besides a brand, the person behind it. And because of, I, so, so let me go back. So I used to be, I used to have anxiety or I still do, um, being in front of the camera speaking just, oh man, it's just, even today, you know, I have my own podcast Like when I I speak with people, I I get this nervousness that it's so weird. And I I can't, I mean, I'm getting better. And this is the reason why I went into sales. I started, I tried to do all these things to kind of get outside of it, but it used to be so bad where I could feel my heart pumping and I, it's not even anything serious. It could be just me speaking in front of three other people. And I had this thing and I, I couldn't understand what it was. I don't know why I had this anxiety, but I think it ties into back where Like you you just kind of want to be in the background. You don't want to make the noise. You try to just be invisible so that you don't do anything bad. And I think I'm still struggling with that. And with Asian men, yeah, with Asian menswear, that really hurt too. Like there's a lot of times where I think it also ties into being a perfectionist. What are you posting? What is this word? What is this sentence? Mm. This sentence doesn't look good. Someone might perceive it this way. You start thinking about all these things and then you get yourself into a place where you're like, oh, I don't want to post anymore because it seems, you know, like this, it, it stress, stresses you to a point where you just, it becomes too much of a workload just to do something like a simple post or a simple, I don't know. It, I, I don't know if I can explain it, if I'm explaining no, No, it.
0: it's it's very clear. What you're saying is very, very clear, and how you explain it is very clear. I think a lot of creators, a lot of artists, can 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 really empathize with what you're saying, because I think that the muscle to do all of that express expression work, expression work, it's not something that our families kind of conditioned us to do, right? Yeah. We we are not conditioned. Uh, to okay let's talk about education uh i think in asia even today the education is rote memory like you got to remember things you got to like memorize things it's not asking you to think outside the box of what you're memorizing and synthesize that information to go okay all right well here's my two cents here's my take on what i'm reading and learning about the i think the 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 curriculum in vietnam because i i'm close to some Professors is that we are not uh, trained and we're not conditioned to to speak up and we're not pushed to express what we truly feel and that bleeds through all of the men and women that come out of that culture and society.
1: Yeah, I I know as I'm learning more, like I'm like I said, like I I see my family history and I see so many connections to it and. Even today, something as simple as someone telling me, "just do it," like it's so easy, but it's no. so difficult for me to do it. And I'm like, I know it's it, it is that easy, but for some weird reason, there's something that's it's just like you know, like yeah. you said, like that that self talk or like then like not being able to condition to to be able to do that, right? So I mean, it's like it's like this is a very basic analogy, but it's like that's like
0: telling somebody who's in their late twenties to go out and play basketball very well, right? right. If you right. didn't play basketball ever growing up, and now somebody's telling you, "Hey, go out and do do some, you know, do some work on the court," it's very difficult. And not being born into families where we're playing sports and you know conditioning that muscle to go out and express. And all right, let me ask you this: How many Asian men are really looking into the camera and giving their thoughts? Like you see mainstream white America. There's yeah. so many guys like just looking into the camera and they're just going and ranting. Oh.
1: Yeah, that that that's like <laughs> impossible. I, I had this conversation. That's so funny. I had this conversation uh with Dennis Yu. He's uh he's um, um he works at Spotify, but he he brought up about like the bamboo ceiling and and the uh, model minority and how you know like our the Eastern and Western cultures clash. So it's so funny that you bring all that up and, and we covered a lot of that where, you know, again, we're not taught to give our opinions on things and express how we feel. So it bleeds into corporate America. And that's the reason why we have so many um, Asians staying within like the, that, that level, because we don't do that necessary step in Western culture to show that we're you know, because it's just this confusion, right? We, you just do good work and we kind of expect it to move, but that, that's not how it works. Like you have to, even if you don't really know what you're doing, I yeah. guess, then you just, if you speak up, you're going to be seemingly the expert versus someone who may know more, but because they're holding back, they're not talking. They're perceived as, you know, un, like, you know, like they, they wouldn't have it to, to move up to that next level.
0: I suspect the reason we don't have stand-up com- comedians in the Vietnamese uh, in, in country in Vietnam is because of this very thing damn man how you're
1: f- right wow. fucking
0: frightening is it to just go up and fucking just go off or you know develop a, a one hour special you know as shit is that takes a tremendous amount of
1: courage to do oh, that that just sounds exhausting mentally and <laughs> even <laughs> physically probably that's what i would think and you're right that's that's exactly wow that's yeah there aren't unless they're so far removed from yeah you know that's the only yep. way if they're like a fourth generation but that's even rare i don't even know many vietnamese americans that are that, that far removed from you know uh, from vietnam um,
0: well, actually, I'm going to throw a shout out to these guys, this group of comedians. I just, last weekend, I went to go see six or seven of these Vietnamese, uh, second generation uh, Vietnamese guys, uh, probably your age, uh, in their 20s and 30s. Uh, they threw a production called Embarrassed by Night. You know, it's a spin on Paris. Oh, uh,
1: you know, <laughs> Paris by Night. <laughs>
0: yeah, shout out to those guys. Uh, Fred Lay, uh, Alex Zung, um, a few of these guys that put together... Um, this comedy uh, night where it was just Vietnamese comics, Vietnamese American comics. And uh, man, I am so proud of these fucking guys, they man. Killed it. They killed it. They killed it, yeah, they killed it. And some of them are, you know, working in LA at the comedy store. Some of them are, you know, opening for Jay Leno. And, you know, they, they're making inroads to, to this world. But, the ability to talk into a camera, just straight talking to a camera and speak your thoughts, you yeah. and I, I think, we need to, we need to evolve into that. I know it's frightening, right?
1: Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, like, was your pod, your journey into podcasting smooth too? I mean, did you do any other like speaking um, gigs, or was this something that I don't know? Um, yeah, I, I'd love to answer that
0: after 9 okay so when i graduated college in 2000 uh in 2001 uh, in, in at nine eleven, 11 it was like a year after or two a year after i went to i i was like all right i'm gonna stop in the film industry i was like working as an agent assistant and mm. i stopped and i was like i took uh classes and i'd been singing maybe on and off for oh, 10 cool. years okay. yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah but that there is a lot of revelatory things in that experience. So I pursued it for a good five years. I went to school for a year for vocal training. And, and then in those classes at, at MI, which is the Musicians Institute in LA, there are these classes that force you to think outside of just singing. For Ooh. example, there is a class on improv, right? So there's like 12 people in a circle. And you are, you know, there's a song that they assume everybody knows, like the song Route 66. So they'll take that song and they'll make us improvise, taking the lyrics out and then just saying and singing whatever the fuck you feel using your own words and and writing wow. the melody however you want and then bending the rhythm, bending the beats. That was an eye opener for me. So we, we had these mm. exercises and then I would go on stage and sing. And so that would be my only... Uh, experience for, for those five years. But I drank a lot. I drank uh, a lot of vodka because I could pour vodka into a clear bottle, like a water bottle on stage, and people would think that I'm just taking a, a drink of, of, of water. At the wow. end of the night, I'd kill like eight ounces of, of vodka, and I'd be so l- smashed that... But, but that was the problem because I couldn't grow if I was always smashed. I couldn't be in oh. real time... And allow myself to to grow into a comfortable, uncomfortable position, right?
1: So you right. using
0: the the alcohol, alcohol to kind of get you, oh, I see. Numb, to numb the discomfort. And if you're numbing the discomfort, you're not growing as a singer, as an artist, as somebody whose your instrument is to feel, right? And you yeah. can argue that, you know, alcohol does take you to funny places where it, it takes out the inhibition. But at the same time, I think that that was a big, um, so like after five years and, and that amount of drinking uh, really made me go, you know, this is not going to be for me because I don't have it. I, I just thought I never had it. But maybe if I didn't drink and I forced myself to grow,
1: you work through it, yeah. work through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So knowing that and then going into podcasting, I I was confronting the butterflies, the heavy butterflies of turning on the camera and talking to a guest. Now I'm over. Uh, I've recorded over 200 episodes now, and I'm getting better at this. But I, and I'm telling you and I this, but our next evolution is to look into a camera and do single episodes. I'm telling you this because I'm like trying to talk myself into doing it. Is <laughs> to
1: express our own thoughts and give yeah. our like comments. Next level. That's next level. Who else is doing it? You're. I, that's 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 what I, I was saying like there's so many there's so many different like industries and fields that that lack asian american men or just asian americans in general like and i'm starting to see that And I, I think it's it's sad because that's the reason why we don't have so many we don't have role models there's so many great individuals out there but because they don't like to talk about themselves they don't like to put themselves out there we never know about them and now it's sort of slowly changing but yeah, now it all connects, right? It's because of how we, we grew up and we're not, we don't, we wanna be humble. We wanna, we don't wanna put ourselves out there, but we need to do that so that the next generation have exa- has examples of people that they can become, you know? And that's, yeah. that's extremely so important.
0: My, my, my suspicion is uh, podcasting is a gateway drug for us. It's a gateway to being able to express ourselves, but we're still doing it under the crutch of sitting in an interview. You have a co-host, right? yeah (laughs) so there's a triangulation of information the ball is in the air you can still think right while the ball is in the air you can still
1: move right next level to go (laughs) just just to go off off script and just go yeah i i have never i um that's why like editing editing is such a i think that's my crutch to be able to, to edit um the podcast episode obviously to make it streamlined and easier to listen but i use that to to help you know remove maybe things that i Think too much about that may may have been good or not, but because I'm uh, I, I'm so hard on myself, I guess I might remove it. I don't want to be maybe seen this way or that way. Um, that could be my crutch. Now that we're we're talking about it, um, mm. if I'm so, honest. Now uh,
0: take it out.
1: Go raw. Just put it out there, that's man. That's the thing that's been sitting in back of my mind. Just go raw. Just go leave raw. it all out there. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck polishing it.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, when I cross the line in a recording podcast, that's when I take it out. Like, I know that I crossed the line politically or said some shit that I look back and go, wait, this could be read in a different way. And that's rare, but I will do that if it's like, if I if I know I crossed the line. But for mm. the most part, I just try to, like, put it out there and just brace myself for, like,
1: it's the cringe that you just... It's the cringe, absolutely. <laughs> I know the cringe. <laughs> And I feel like it's, um, again, I think we're harder on ourselves than we we should be um, because a lot of times it's always, always, you think it's really bad. And then someone else listens, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, you know, I, again, I think it comes down to like that perfectionist mentality, like making sure to be perfect in any way that you can. And I don't know. I
0: I look at you and I see uh, a very symmetrical face. I see (laughs) voice that's beautifully coming out. Projecting, and it's you know it's 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 a pleasant voice to to hear. So we owe it to ourselves to get to that next level of evolution to look into the camera and just be able to comment and make commentary, because that is sort of the way to to really push through this next. I'm like I said, I'm telling you this because I know I got to talk to my. I talked. I have all the equipment in the world. I have all the know-how, but I just don't have the will power to, to sit and,
1: and and. Do I say, it. we do it. I say we, uh, you know, after the podcast, we do some accountability and just I'm down. Try, try to do that and, and get it going. Cause I know that I know for a fact, what you're telling me now is what I need to do too. Yeah. You know, in the back of my mind, like sitting there, like it needs to be done. And, and, um, I always, always tell people like, um, if you do have your own business or your own brand or whatever it is, it, it, it only goes as far as as you, as a person goes. So if you lack so many things, your, your business or your thing will suffer for it too. You know, like totally. I've always learned, like you'll, you only go as far as you're willing to take yourself to. So I, I, I love that you said that. Cause that's always been um, a thing. And I, I'm, I'm going back and forth. I'm, I'm conflicted all the time about, you know, being able to, to be my authentic self and just speak how I would with a friend. And I, and, and to me i like i feel like i'm a likable guy like i got good friends i like what's what's there to be afraid of you know like just i i don't know <laughs> and, and, I'm, and i'm also
0: willing to bet that you have a lot to, a lot of shit to say i'm willing to bet that you have yeah, a lot of you have a lot of thoughts you have a lot of I'm,
1: I'm pretty, yeah in my own closed circle i i'm very i, I would say I'm, I'm very opinionated yeah also have a lot to say about a lot of things too that's very true that's very true. And I would, I would even say the image that people see on Instagram or even online is, is another, another level, not even the level that needs, that I, I feel like the true, if the true face would come out, it would be more of a connection with yeah. the audience. I, I truly believe it's like the Japanese thing where it's like they have three faces, right? They have the face they put out, whereas the face I have the friends and then the third is the face that they're when they're alone or something mm. like that. For what they
0: call it but i mean you are working in content and we're ingesting content we're ingesting our content we're ingesting other people's content we are not robots to not have thoughts about the content we're ingesting and the synthesizing wow. process of the a culmination of all those thoughts it's it's impossible for not for us not to have these opinions about the world you know and then mm-hmm. it's like taking it a next step further if we don't have a, opinions about the world that we're ingesting or that we're processing, other fucking people are making these thoughts for us. They're creating. They're right. putting their thoughts out there for us. They're not. It's not our thoughts. And I don't know. I mean, other than the big comedians like Ronnie Chang and um, you know maybe Simu, I you know he's not a comedian, but there's no really people that are talking into these cameras and making these monologues
1: or these. Right. And you know what? I think it doesn't help at all too. It's because, and again, it it goes back to that mentality where you're supposed to be buttoned up. You're supposed to be polished. Right. And it's like a, like a crab in a bucket mentality. So I think the the other fear is that knowing how we are and how other Asian Americans are, it's, it makes it even more scary to speak out because you know how they're going to think. So that's why a lot of times when you do see an Asian-American speak out, Asian Amer- parts of the Asian-American community are disown them. We don't want nothing to do with that person. Yeah. And that's what they do so fast. And I think that's a, like a scary thing for knowing that that's going to happen. Like Simu, he's outspoken. He's probably the most outspoken we've seen, but compare him to other you know, celebrities and things. He's nothing. He's mild you totally. know, in the way that he speaks. But I've seen the comments of people who are like, "Yo, he shouldn't have said that. And they burn him. And it's like you know and then when you do that it's like you want us to to speak out but what do you want us to do you know it's like it's sad it's really sad because some people keep that mindset and they don't they don't deviate from that you know and i think that's a big issue in the asian american community uh, at least in my opinion not not entirely but like obviously there's a there's a part that we know about that do that so well, I the, think burn, that's the burn
0: in the comments are real because sometimes we do cross the line. I make mistakes all the time privately. Get called out by my friends or people I work with, and I make these huge mistakes with toxic masculine, you know, thoughts. They're in here. Mm. They're not. They're not cured or they're not non-existent. They exist in here. But can we have a space where? we do our best and then as it's being corrected we get better right yeah,
1: right cuz how else are you going to fix it right i mean yeah. it has to go through sometimes we need to go through that evolution to get you into the right place because not everyone's going to come out with the perfect answers or the way to think about certain things so i totally agree with that yeah
0: yeah how did the podcast come along how did it get birthed into the world
1: <laughs> um so I was doing a lot of just like static posts, just a single post highlighting different individuals that we never, a lot of us didn't know about like Asian Americans doing all these different things. And so the podcast, I wanted to be able to go deeper. So aside from talking about the highlights, I wanted to show people the backstory because then when you hear about how they grew up, you're like, wow, that's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. And then this is, where this person ended up. And I wanted to, to deliver that. And also a part of it was also to, to, be able to one day speak my mind fully and have that medium to do so. Because again, like I told you, like, um, I was painfully nervous, uh, my first episode, or as soon as the mic is in my face, I'm already breathing heavy. Uh, if you listen to my first episode, you can tell right away, like I was speaking extremely fast. Um, it just, it was, I can't can't explain. It's it's so much different now, but I still have a lot to improve on. Uh, But again, that's just me knowing that if you're uncomfortable with something, that just means that it's an opportunity for you to improve, right? It's not a message to run away, but a message for you, a signal that you should probably do that and by through, you know, by practice, you know, day, day, one day after another, you'll get better. And eventually it'll become second nature to you. Just like every other person that I've watched on YouTube. And they said, you would have never imagined they were this person. And then now they're here here. It's because they put the, the work in day in, day out. Yeah. And eventually, right. It, n- nothing happens in one day. It's a day times yeah, a thousand. Absolutely. then you get to that place. Like you said, like the conditioning, we were, our parents conditioned us in a certain way. It's going to take time to reverse that conditioning by practicing the other way until you get used to it and becomes normal. So that's something I try to preach on the podcast to help any, you know, just guys or whoever listens to the podcast to, like, whatever you are today is not going to be who you are. It's just up to you to to change that. And that starts with doing the uncomfortable, right? So.
0: Absolutely. And I think that um, the long-term... Uh, podcast environment in the Asian American community or in Vietnam, or people are not used to long form yet, but in the white mainstream people after years now are like, I'm addicted to white mainstream podcasts. There's a lot that I like, I can't wait to get on and listen and be, and I, and I hate it when it's like 45 minutes, I need that shit 90 to two hours now.
1: oh wow i thought you meant like oh i don't like it when it's that long
0: (laughs) no no i I need long episodes And, and i talk uh to uh like some like my brother and we talk about how there was like this podcast uh lex friedman he had somebody on for six hours and my brother's like six hours was not enough for him
1: oh my god because think
0: about it if you're a fan of somebody and this is the first time they get on and they tell their they're, they're like the most interesting woman on the planet to your mind and you're like you're a big fan don't sure. you want to get every little bit of nook and cranny if they're so interesting you know you don't want just a half an hour bbc or cnn soundbite you want like the full i want the full tidal wave to hit me for hours and hours and hours so i can ingest what this person embodies Mm-hmm. Right? This is the way, and I don't think that the Asian American uh,
1: uh, listener is is used to that yet because we. I think it's because we don't have enough Asian American creators. Exactly. Exactly. It's starting to happen because I I think I remember a statistic. It was like 75% or what was it? The the number was crazy, but it was was white Americans listening mainly. But I think you're right. I think eventually everyone else will catch up. And if you're an Asian-American creator, that's like an opportunity for you to be one of those voices, especially with what we know of how Asian-Americans are. So if you're willing to break through that barrier, you know, you're going to be one of those voices uh, for sure. You know, that time comes where Asian-Americans catch up to to the same numbers that white America has. Totally. And there's some cool ass motherfuckers out there.
0: Cool ass Asian motherfuckers out there. There are. There's a lot. And, you know, it's just going to take time to get to them. But eventually i think we will break break uh, break through you know i uh, wanted to comment on uh, you know i scrolled through your your ig and and i studied it and and sometimes i feel like you apologize for like not releasing episodes you know regularly i'm like fuck that you you <laughs> to release whenever you release whenever you want you know like it's a free medium you do whatever you want and uh but i i i now understand who you are because you want things to be very curated and perfect coming out so it takes you a little bit longer to deliver um Mm -hmm. a podcast because you want to clean it up but i say fuck
1: it i say just leo hates it my co-host he's like dude just just post he's always like kind of pushing me a little bit here and there and like i know it too and and i hate that sometimes he's tell he tells me and i know i should do it but then a part of me is just still still like stuck kind of in my own my, my own ways and so sometimes that could be frustrating. You know, you know what you need to do, but sometimes you just don't do it. And that becomes very frustrating. Uh, so you're, you're asking why I do apologize. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I like, where I credit that that behavior, I guess. But I, I feel like, you yeah, know, I think even in the Asian American community, we're always saying Sorry. <laughs> people are like, don't, don't say sorry just just do it yeah like, don't ever apologize like i think that's something that i always see in movies They're like mm. just don't apologize what's the point like don't ever apologize for something unless it's like you need to apologize but for things like that don't don't say sorry mm. like i could be walking and then um and then like someone has to to move away from him. i'm saying sorry like well i mean it just you know it's not it's not that serious like there's no need to be say, to say mm. sorry like i don't know it's again i think that's the conditioning yeah that I'm learning now. I'm being aware of it now that needs to be reversed. It needs to, especially in this society, in this culture, those things need to, you know, there needs to be an adjustment, I guess. Um, but let's face it. You're a nice guy.
0: You're just yeah. a very nice person. Yeah. could tell. That's probably why. Yeah.
1: I know. And, and even with like, um, and even with business, like it's so hard for me to even ask for, for money and things like that. Cause it's like, I see it as, oh, I don't want to ask. It's like kind of embarrassing almost, even though there's a business side of it, I'm offering value here, but then because I kind of know this person, I don't want to, you know, like it, 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 it flows into those things too. And it's, uh, I'm learning, that I, I need to start reversing those things, that's weird.
0: I'm afflicted with the same thing. Oh, wow. Very <laughs> same thing. Uh, so many people, um, have said you know why are you not monetized why are you don't just go for it you know you have the numbers to do and i still feel like oh my, i got a- what's your reason tell, tell me your reasons i, I want to see
1: if this is it's imposter that-
0: syndrome it's like i feel like i'm not good enough you know just mm-hmm. real talk i feel like i'm not good enough i you know i keep putting this arrival fallacy on top of it right like oh once i get to a hundred episodes
1: and i'll start charging or something like that yeah,
0: yeah and i blew past that and then uh, you know, Chef Two is somebody that we know together uh, in the early days, he was like, man, you know, your numbers, you know, are there, you should do it. And he's like, yeah, when my numbers were X amount, you know, I was able to go out and, and, and raise money to for content production. And he said, you can do that. And I said, OK, well,
1: for content production, I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you, yeah. too.
0: Definitely. Yeah, you, yeah, he is uh,
1: amazing. And he's very generous with his um,
0: help yeah. and, and information. So I'm so happy to, to see him
1: growing. He's really just found his his, tri- his stride and he's doing so well. I'm so happy he is. Him. And he's not afflicted with that thing that we have. We of- are, we're suffering from right because he's out there now. He's I know I'm, I'm pretty sure he developed it, too, because I know there was probably a point where he was also like that. But he knew, no, I got to because now he's one of the outspoken guys. For sure. So yeah. that's so funny. Oh, he is
0: definitely. Now yeah, that's one guy that's, that's really out there doing it, you know, leader of the pack, uh, just speaking his mind, speaking his truth and being authentic to the world. Yeah,
1: that's so funny. We got, we got guys, yeah, yeah. Literally right in front of our faces, right?
0: <laughs> but I'm like you, I'm like, okay, um, all right. When I get to 500 episodes, I'll maybe, or you know what? I'll just wait for people to come to me, you know? And I'm like- that,
1: That's the mistake I did. I did the same thing. So I quit my job when, Things started, you know, obviously taking off and my whole thing was just create the content, create the value. And then the business side would, will come. It never, I mean, here, twinkle here and there, but it never came. And now I'm learning, like, I have to be the aggressor. I have to be the assertive one to, to reach out to, because a lot of times people are busy, man. They're not going to be worried about your thing or seeing what you're doing. And then, oh, it's this perfect time. I should reach out to him now. Like you have to have that mentality to, to, to go make space, go be assertive, go make sure you're on people's minds. Um, so now that's kind of what I'm learning after the years that I've been working on, you know, the AM brand. It's like I need to be out there. And if I have value to give and even if it's not good enough, like all I'm doing is stating a fact. Right. I think this is a, a my conversation with Dennis Yu about like the, the bamboo ceiling and all that. He told me they they do an exercise at Spotify with underrepresented um workers you know like things that they're trying to get them to get past and <clears throat> one of the ways that he was telling me that um a lot of times Asian Americans or just anyone in um minorities in general they they think too much so if let's say they have something to speak about they are like oh should I say it in this way Ooh, what, what are they going to think if I do that oh. and then he basically said just say it as if it's a fact and that's it you can't control how people perceive you. At the end of the day, it's just 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 imagine the fact. Someone could perceive it as a good thing. Someone could perceive it. It doesn't matter because you can't control that. What you're trying to do is control people's perceptions, and that's not ever that's never going to work because right. people come from different backgrounds. You could say I'm a nice guy. Someone could perceive it as oh, this guy is doing this and that. But it's like there's nothing you can do. So you might as well just say it and not worry so much about how people perceive it because only you'll know how you perceived it, right? Or how you want it to be perceived. So that's what he said. He said, instead of just worrying about what you're going to say, just say it and then think of it as like, you're, just, you're stating a fact. That's it. Just and, think of it as a fact. And, that's it.
0: and you know what's crazy, Mike, is that there are creators out there with 5,000 Instagram followers that are killing it, that are making six figures, right?
1: Oh, I've heard of those guys too. Absolutely.
0: They, and they're real. They're, they exist out there. But if you think about this, you have 35,000 and you are at the forefront of menswear, how much would clothing companies chip in to be right. part, you know, I look at, cause when I look now, this is all a surprise for me that you're feeling that way, but I'm, and I'm glad that we're being so candid about it and being very public about it. And this needs to be talked about because yeah. you have a clothing. You know, you start out as a clothing, and you still can go in that niche if you want to. Even if you right. change it to AM, you still can do sponsorship,
1: brand sponsorships with clothing companies all day long. What's so funny is I actually just started doing that, and I already have uh, three three brand deals because I had I was forced into. I have to do it. I want I want this thing to continue, and I got to get over being embarrassed about asking oh. for the money or like the business. Like I ha- I can't. Like I want this to survive. And I know it's valuable to people. So I have to get past myself. I have to remove my ego or whatever mm-hmm. the hell is restricting me. And think of it as, Hey, I need this to survive. And this is what I need to do. So that's so funny that, that you actually that mentioned that. Cause I, I literally started that last week um, doing that, the uncomfortable, like, Hey, this that's is, awesome. I like, kind of like feeling like I'm begging in a way. Yes. Like, yes. Like, you know, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't want to be that guy, but everyone does it. So it's like, and you're not, I don't know. It's so funny. And, and, and
0: some people do it with, honor with conviction with belief that this is the right thing to do like i am helping your brand out by bringing customers to your clothing line and you know like that would be silly to think that you don't have the force the 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 power to bring eyeballs to their clothes it's just yeah now me on the other hand that's a different you know mine is a a cultural heavy you know uh platform it's it's a little bit tricky to 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 align with certain brands because yeah it's just a a very much more broad and so i deal with that but when i look at asian menswear i'm like man there's like that's a perfect niche to be in you know it's so
1: perfect well i mean uh for the longest time it it was it was so difficult for me to like figure out what the monetization path would be because again, I, I must be stubborn or something, but I was like, you know what? I'm not taking any just sort of brands. I'm, it has mm-hmm. to be this and that. And then obviously that strategy hasn't worked. So it's was like, now it's like, you need to just get something going and be happy with it. Don't feel a certain way because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a business transaction, right? They're only going to pay you, if they see the value in it, if they do, that means it's a, it's a, it's a good partnership. It's a good deal. So I'm learning, you know, to finally kind of step out and like really get out there. We'll, we'll see how that goes, but yeah. uh, I'd love to, t- I actually, after the podcast or whatever, I'd love to hear about that guy. You said with 6,000 followers and what are they doing? Cause yeah. that's another part that I, 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 I have trouble with like the business end of it. Right. So that's another thing I'm still like trying to figure out. Um, now I'm always the guy that solves that, that, that gap, but then that next level has always been something that, you know, I'm not the best at yet. So, um, it's funny that you mentioned that too. (laughs) And yeah,
0: I I could talk to about this with you afterwards till we're blue in the face. And I guarantee you, I am the smartest person alive to know what to do, but I am not the guy to do my own. (laughs) i'll give you i'll give you so badass advice you know i'll be like the other chef i like the other side of chef 2 i'll give you so much pointers oh but you God. like you lift up my like my my PL sheet and and, and i and i'm i'm completely per, paralyzed i cannot do my so crazy and i think it, you're right it's ego related it's just ego related I, I can't step out and go okay well uh can i get some money because yeah it's just the rejection yeah it's a rejection on my, my, myself. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> I even think, again, I think it's the conditioning again, because even in like, I don't know, it might be just me, but in Asian culture, like you don't ever see anyone begging. Like, it, Cause I think a lot, a lot of ways we tie it to begging. Like we're, we're tying to like asking for it. And that's just a weird concept that we can't really, I don't know. You don't, no, not no, You're right. Something I'm thinking about. I don't see beggars. And a lot of times in like, like Asian beggars or, They're never just like, oh, hand me money or, or, I don't know, it's ingrained in our culture not to do that, or it feels that way in a business sense, I don't know.
0: Now, uh, when you finally look out one day to the American and global mainstream landscape, what are some of the signs in your brain, in your mind, in your heart that Asian men have finally arrived? What are the metrics?
1: Oh, right. let me. <clears throat> I think one of the ways is when an Asian guy becomes someone that all races want to emulate. So, example would be we had we had Jeremy Lin, right? He was pretty big. One of the biggest at the time or still is, which is crazy because his 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 whole shoot to mainstream media was 10, what, 10 years, 10 years ago, ago? 2012. So it's like it's like a Bruce Lee, and then we got a Jeremy Lynn, right? It's like it's it's always these gaps. But the problem with Jeremy Lynn is he's still very niche. Like the people who wore his jerseys were always just Asian Americans. It wasn't like black kids were out there wearing Jeremy Lynn or trying to be, you know, like a like a like a, if I think about it in basketball terms like Kobe, everyone uses Kobe when they shoot. I think. The time when an Asian-American, I guess, guy is transformed is when he is in mainstream media in every race wants to be him by looking like him, wearing what he wears or doing those things. And we're not quite there yet. Um, and that's that's the I think when we have that transformation, even with Simu, I don't see. <clears throat> other races besides Asian Americans, like really, you know, you got, you got Batman. Everyone wants to be Batman as we were younger. Right. Because those are the only years. Mm-hmm. This like, it's like just a white guy in the Batman suit. We haven't reached that yet. And I think once we do that, then it changes everything. It, it changes how we're perceived because if, if you're willing to want to be this person, whatever negative stereotypes you have in your mind are gone. Right. So
0: the, there's a, a, an example of men who, uh women like but not men perhaps wanting to emulate is bts right yeah
1: that's always so, a compliment.
0: yeah that's always it's a compliment. like yeah it's like they've they've uh they've taken over this wonderful landscape of music and they have uh a lot of adoring women across the board i've been to a bts concert when they were here in la and i think that walking out of that concert i was immediately uh i was walking on i was a high you know from 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 that experience of just all oh, these women mainstream you know it, it just felt like they had these sold out nights and it was like oh my god we've arrived but then i stepped back and i thought well do men from other countries or american men what, like you said want to emulate their look their feel it's just for women right it, it it's just uh women want to be like that and I think like the same way with the Beatles too back in the day I don't think men wanted to be like the Beatles yeah you know? oh, well, that's
1: a good that's the, a good
0: perspective. The, yeah the Beatles yeah. were dressed a certain way it was weird for the time right, right. It, it was like a a, a stick you know them dressing up in suits they were thin guys mm. uh but then you know the 60s came after that you know everybody's in long hair and you know so it things changed, but they were just embodying what women Really, we're into, but that's not what men are into, right? It needs to be
1: both. It needs to be both men and women. That would be the moment where it all works really. out, right? Is that yeah. just yeah? This is and everyone. Maybe, and everyone. maybe BTS, maybe BTS becomes the Beatles, where eventually people take on maybe if fashion goes their way. Yeah, and people then okay, but right now, is we're not quite there, you know? Like good there's, point. There's, yeah.
0: I would yeah, say that. men, men and women, but who's who's the contender? <clears throat> what do you mean? Is there a contender? Is there one guy
1: that's leading the pack? It's you know. I mean, it's it's Simu. That's the, our only guy, in my opinion. What about Henry Golding? See, this see, this is always controversial because there's <laughs> gonna be like, <clears throat> like I don't care. I I I account for every Asian man, but no, you know, being that I'm in this on social media and I see these comments, people DM me all the time. Like, Oh, he's not full Asian. You can't count him because he has features that, yeah. you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, like a full Asian wouldn't have. So that's almost like cheating in a way. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't care. Like it, it for me, it doesn't matter, but <clears throat> I know for a lot of people until we have that full, Asian guy that represents like is hundred percent. We won't hear we we won't hear enough. You know we won't stop hearing it. And even did you know Bruce Lee? Like he's he's not even full Chinese. Yeah. He's actually a quarter white. Yeah. Totally. So it's again. I think it's like. uh I think this is like something that like Black America deals with too. You know, like a lot of the people that are extremely famous are they're part white in some way. So it's almost like you need a little bit of white to like bridge. You know, bridge that gap, and for Asians, like, well, he's not fully Asian, and then for for State, now they think that's like a uh, perfect example of an Asian person, right? So it's like it's it's very it's very weird.
0: Yeah, it is. It is very weird. But you take a guy like Prince, right, mm. uh, the musician, and he doesn't fit any stereotypes, but he's just a god in in I think both uh, the music world and just the art world. He's just that level of talent. Mm-hmm. How often and when are we gonna like it's like a Bruce Lee, right? Like the level of talent, like a Bruce Lee or a prince to step onto the world stage to be like the most badass in your your field. We
1: need that too. We need that. That's your right. right. Because at that point, that's just undeniable. Yeah. Like yeah. A, a good example would be um Shohei, Shohei Otani, but he's he's Japanese, yep. but he's he's really see if we have someone like him but he's born and bred in america asian american that could be it if shohei was actually born in america it would be different it'd be a lot different where he's he can resonate with a lot of things that are are us growing up in america and things like that that would be the difference maker i think if we had an athlete
0: see that's Um, fucked up because we can't talk about johnny juzang right because that's like whoa you know
1: (laughs) you know the hate I get when i post you know Black Asian players, they get pissed. And I'm like, dude, like, come on. Like, we got to get, over, you know, we got to get over that. But I, I get what they're, I get where they're coming from. Because a lot of times their athleticism is all because, you know, they, they will claim this is black. And i probably, I don't know if there's some science behind it, but, you know, it always happens to be like, they have some, well, they got the height and all this, but <laughs> trust me, I I get sick of you know, like seeing the comments all the time. And there's some guys that are like very really? toxic.
0: Don't yeah they're oh, like
1: dude why'd you post that like get that off the page they're like that's
0: fucked up man yeah
1: but then it's, it's like you also have to have empathy for for those guys because mm-hmm. they they still have the asian heritage and sometimes they grew up literally in asian culture they're only because they look different from the outside but inside they're just as asian as another asian guy so it sucks that they're in that weird limbo area where they can't really claim anything so it's like i don't know well, topic. I mean,
0: the 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 silver lining in all of this is like to think about. I think there's what four percent Asian American. I mean,
1: how big are we in in the United States? So six percent, but that's like including everything, uh, right? Everything. I think. I think. Yeah, just like we're talking about, like uh, yeah, about four percent. I think.
0: Yeah, we're six percent of this country, and we're 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 demanding that we produce a Prince or Bruce Lee that's coming um, out of that
1: 6%. That That's a hard true. ask. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's a numbers it's, game, right? And especially when a lot of us go into these professions that we're not going to be, you know, like we're not groomed to be an entertainer or like athlete. We're like, yeah. you know, the model minority, like you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be, you're going to get education. You're going to go into a safe job, software engineer. So you add that on top of trying to, produced this superstar, that's hard to do. Like Jeremy Lin was like a, a freak of nature, you know, like yeah. he was also, you know, uh, smart as well. So I was like, but he, what came out of him was, yeah, it's like a freaking nature.
0: Yeah. And, and the ability to get to the level of a Jeremy Lin that took an enormous amount of trust and belief in the, in just faith. Oh,
1: right. You're absolutely right. He could have quit quit anytime had a nice back he had a nice backup plan if you wanted to Harvard Mm -hmm. and that that I always think about that I always wondered how many of those there's a superstar Mm -hmm. athlete yeah some guy that could have made it if he was pushed in that direction but no he's probably like a vice VP or something now. (laughs) I absolutely I a hundred percent I know there was some superstar that could have had it all but he just went the other direction because we're kind of that's you know like that's what we're conditioned or like we're taught to, to go into. I, I wholeheartedly agree or feel like there is a superstar somewhere out there. Yeah, for Super sure. sure or something like that. Yeah.
0: Now what are some of the hardest parts of the podcast that, uh, you know, what's the, the biggest challenges that you find doing the podcast work?
1: Um, still today is just, uh, getting over my nerves, mm. honestly. Um, being able to, I guess, speak freely, freely too, you know, like you, like we talked about, like just speaking your mind and then not really overthinking. Cause a lot of times it's weird. Like I'll, as I'm speaking, I'm thinking, and that's very bad when you're having a conversation, you're not fully in the moment. And Mm -hmm. I do that a lot. I'm like, I'll say something, but then I'm still thinking of what I'm saying. So that's, how can you get a thought out if you're, you're also thinking while speaking, it's such a weird, uh, weird thing, but
0: Uh, let me give you a little bit of advice. The only way to get over that is to do more of these. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking do One more at a time. Yeah. yeah. Just keep keep at it. Uh, I talked to other Vietnamese podcasters. Uh, there's Tracy, mm-hmm. uh, Tracy, Mang win. And there's uh, Randy Kim. Um, he's Khmer Vietnamese. And now there's you. So now that I know, that you are existing in this space as podcasting, uh, I I beg you to put out more and never stop, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this is why. Eventually in five years from now, if there's 30 more people like us, the amplification process will be magnified exponentially. And that's the only way we're going to inspire younger generations of Asian Americans or even globally to go out and do their shit because the conversation that we just had this last hour uh, involves a lot of like you know we're talking about like our deepest fucking problems on the creator track right yeah and so how i think other people hear it is they get empathized and then we're like okay all right i know what the pitfalls are i'm gonna sidestep these pitfalls and i'm gonna go for it and that inspiration is important because you know it will sprout more possibility of, uh, princes or, uh, or Bruce Lee's, uh, that, that are afraid to go out and do it.
1: Right, right. You're absolutely right. And yeah, a lot of things we talk about are things that we had to learn through the years. And a lot of times if someone's younger listening, they can just cut that learning curve right away, you know, get to that. Something that I wish I would have heard, you know, growing up like, Oh, this is something that I'm struggling with the whole time. I thought it was just me. Then I'll learn like, this is like a community, thing where like if i would have learned that early on then i could have been able to like figure out how what, what i can do to kind of get out of that mindset so that's very true and that's why i'm back I, I'm, I'm so happy I, I find that i enjoy i enjoy when i'm com- like engaging with the community doing these podcasts i love listening to these stories like it's it's so rewarding to me now I just got to figure out okay how to monetize so that i can continue doing it and getting better And better so that's kind of where i'm at trying to figure out my north star and then find finding a way to make it all sustainable
0: yeah i think you're well on your way uh you know i had a lot of questions prepared and you know i think we hit on a lot of them and the beauty of like today was uh there's a lot of free flow because you know you came with it and i came with it and we have a lot of problems that we brought and uh i think those things are more interested than a bunch of you know, customized questions that I had laid out for you. So
1: wow, this is great. I feel like it's so, so much nicer when someone is interviewing me. <laughs> and I find that when people do ask me the questions, I'm, I'm pretty open. Yeah. Even more, even on my podcast, like I'm willing to talk about so many different things that I wouldn't be like, I would think about before I spoke, but here it's weird. When people ask me these questions, I would, ju- I, mean, I just normally just let loose and just tell how it is. It's so funny maybe the pressure's off because I don't have to handle mm-hmm. like the pr- production process and make sure that the, the episodes. Yeah. Well and things yeah. like that, so.
0: That's definitely a, a big, you know, that bears down uh, the weight on, on, on the host. It's uh
1: that's why you're doing an amazing job. I mean, this is hey. why, right? 200 episodes later. And you also got a really nice voice. So I feel like you had that studio podcasting voice. So <laughs>
0: Thank you, Mike. I, I really appreciate the kind words, and I appreciate your time today. You know, it's a it's a it's always a gift to to have Vietnamese young Vietnamese talent uh, in the world, and I appreciate the work that you're doing. And let's uh, keep it going and uh, touch bases uh, often.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am pretty sure after this we uh, we should talk. All right, well, awesome, thank Mike. You. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran. Special thanks to Jane Wynn, Catherine Wynn, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Christo Trinh. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcast.